Welcome, welcome back to the QC Hornets Nest, the podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and give you the inside access other shows can't. This week's ep, I'm joined by Bryce McGowan's. We discuss his roots here in Carolina, what he's learned most during his rookie season, specifically how the experience of playing with the Greensboro Swarm has benefited him, his most exciting moments is turning pro, and more. So are you ready? All right, let's go. Let's get it. All right, well, let's start with the positive, shall we? Finally, finally, the Hornets got LaMelo Ball back on Wednesday night against the Detroit Pistons after he missed 11 games with that sprained left ankle. And he looked okay. You know, he had some rust. He had to knock off, of course, and his first few shots were a little bit short, which he admitted it was a little bit um, of just rustiness. And also, um, he admitted after the game a little bit sore still, and, you know, it's probably going to be sore for a while, it sounds like. So that's the the good. But the bad is, oh, boy. Like, even though LaMelo came back, the Hornets may have had one of their worst performances defensively of the entire season. And that's saying something because, as we know, they've been really, really bad at times this year on defense. So it was interesting because, again, with it being LaMelo's first game back after almost being out for a month, you figured they would have a little more juice, a little more gusto, pull out that one against Tina's that's pretty much like them, um, one of the worst in the league right now record-wise, but they didn't. They didn't play in defense, and it was interesting after the game to hear Steve Clifford. He literally walked into the interview room didn't even take a question, sat down, this is what he said. Five out of the last seven games, we've been pretty good on offense. We are playing no defense, not one guy. There's not a bright spot. We don't run back on defense. We don't guard the ball, our pick and roll stuff. All stuff that was good, I think we were as high as like 12th or 13th in defense about 10 games ago, and we're right back to where we started ground zero. All we want to be is let's try to outscore the other teams. doesn't work in the NBA unless you're – well, actually, it never works, okay? So what I just told them, this is either you build a game that will actually work at the end of the year when you play the important games or you don't. That's it. That's what the NBA is all about, okay? It's not that we don't have the talent to do it. All we care about is scoring. That's it. If you're going to try to play like that, you better have like five all-stars. We don't have that kind of talent. So it's not something that will work. We're either going to decide to get back to playing with a defensive effort. It's not, it's not that we're not trying to win. It's we go about it all wrong. Okay? I mean, watch team after team, right? There's always a team every year that they get there, and what happens? They get drilled because they don't have a game. They don't have the right kind of game. You can't just outscore people in the NBA. You can't. You can't. And you can't decide that you're not going to do the things that take effort, like rebounding or getting loose balls or putting your body in front of the ball. You can't. It just doesn't work that way. And that's what we're trying to do right now. Now, after hearing that, you can tell just how upset that he was and how bothered he was by the Hornets' efforts on defense. And it's not going to get it done. This team, as he said, is not talented enough to go out there and essentially make up for the lack of um, 
at times scoring or make up for a lack of at times defense. You have to be able to put a complete game together because there's very little margin of error with this team. So to go out there and perform the way they have been lately on defense is not going to cut it. And to hear Clifford break it down that way tells you just how upset he was. So, I mean, the Hornets are among the worst teams, as we know, like I said, defensively in the entire league. They just can't seem to get it done on that side of the ball. They seem to allow way too many points in the paint. They seem to find just ways to get the other team um, going in the right direction when maybe other team could be struggling a little bit or something, but then they come in against the Hornets and just pick it up and find their rhythm. I mean, you just can't be um, at this junction of the season playing defensively that way. You just can't. And until the Hornets kind of get it together and figure it all out, you know, they're going to be in serious trouble here because they just, again, don't have a very big um, margin for error here. They have to essentially go out there and and play a almost perfect game to win. I mean, think about it. They are averaging um, around 110 points a game, which is among the worst in the league, 26th. And their opponents are scoring 117 points a game. So not a good thing when you can now score by seven points a game. That tells you right there that you're deficient in a variety of areas. And it's one of the reasons why the Hornets are 14 games below 500 going into this weekend's action, starting with their game against the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, but it's it's I mean, they they just if you look at just the standings as well. Again, the Hornets were kind of right there, but when you lose to one of the again, worst teams in the league as well. And you can't come out there and beat those guys. And you both had the same amount of wins coming in. You know, right now the Hornets are essentially the worst team in the Eastern Conference. So until they can find a way to just turn this thing around and go in the right direction, we're going to be sitting here talking every week. It feels like about how how they've been spinning their gears and not getting things going in the right direction. Um, You know, maybe they'll get some more. Healthy bodies back pretty soon. It sounds like, um, you know, Gordon Haywood could be making his way back. You still aren't sure where Cody Martin is. Dennis Smith Jr. is taking his time to get back after he was banged up a little bit. So maybe when they get their injured, you know, bodies back, it'll propel them a little bit to be a better team. But at that point, the season could be lost, as we'll talk about later on, because they have a very, very brutal stretch coming up here to end the calendar year. So um, if the Hornets can't find a way, again, to just come together as a unit, play better defense with pride, take individual responsibility about staying in front of your man. If they can't do those things, the season is going to be over before we even get to January 1st. All right, time for one of my favorite parts of the pod, and that's the reader mailbag. Once again, Thank you guys for your interaction and sending in questions whenever I ask for them for mailbags. I really appreciate you guys reaching out and trying to get some insight. So hopefully I can provide some for you. First question comes from Twitter and it's at betting splits on Twitter. And the question is, why did they rehire Steve Clifford? Well, I think we're seeing that right now. I think Steve Clifford was brought in here to help get some accountability going with not only the team in general, but specifically on defense. 
And I know just a couple seconds ago, you heard me talking about defense and how atrocious it's been. Well, Steve Clifford, even speaking to him um, after, uh, you know, that game on Wednesday leading into the game on Sunday against the, the Hawks, he was just basically breaking down in some regard just how much he wants to get this thing turned around and knows that that's what they bought him here for. They bought him here to be a defensive coach and to kind of um, help this team get to the next level because that was one of their issues last season. We know they can they can score the ball. That's one of their their strengths a year ago and then James Borrego was scoring the ball, but they wanted to be able to become a better defensive team. So even though right now the results aren't showing because the personnel essentially is still the same, I think you can see and just hear from earlier that Steve Clifford doesn't play. He's pretty much giving people their chances. So if he finds the right combinations of guys who are playing the way he wants to on defense, then nobody can come out there and say, well, you know what? What happened? I I want my turn. No. Everybody's got their turn to go out there and show what they can do so far. So you haven't played defense. You haven't been consistent out there the way they would like to. Then, therefore, if you're on the bench, basically doesn't want to hear anything about it. So I think bringing Steve Clifford in here as a veteran voice, as not only an X's and O's coach, but also a player's coach, is the reason they did it. Obviously, in the circumstances that we know, because at the time, they were trying to find somebody to replace um, the person they wanted to hire initially, which was Kenny Atkinson. But it, at, when you look at it, Steve Clifford is not a bad coach for this team. If anything, just hearing him and and just seeing how much he wants the team to be a little more accountable could be refreshing if you're a Hornets fan. So I think that is why they brought him in here. And we'll see again if it works out the way they want to because the Hornets have to get better on defense. There's just no way around it. So thanks for that question on Twitter. I appreciate it, at Betting Splits. Another question comes from at Jacob Wald Rip on Twitter. And that's, when do you think Hornets fans can reasonably anticipate a playoff appearance without the play-in? That's a great question. It's kind of hard to give a specific answer, but I can tell you one thing, Jacob. It ain't going to be this season. The Hornets, even if they are able to turn this thing around somehow and get on a nice little stretch here, they'll be a play-in team at best because the roster, as we see right now, still has its flaws and it's not improved at all from a year ago. And, oh, by the way, they still don't have Miles Bridges, who was a key piece of his team last year. So you can't expect them to be better than what they were last year because if you don't have – if you have essentially the same team minus one more piece and you see that you're 14 games below 500 going into a Christmas trip essentially, not a good look at all. So it won't be this season for sure, Jacob. I think next season could be a possibility, but it all depends on just what the Hornets do with their roster. Do they bring back P.J. Washington? Do they um, find some money uh, to use with contracts like Kelly Oubre and also Mason Plumlee come up the books next season? Like, what happens with all those things? So it's way too early to tell you exactly specifically when the Hornets will be a quote-unquote playoff team without the playing tournament, but 
at minimum, Jacob, this Hornets are at least a year, if not probably two away. Next year, again, depending on what the roster looks like, could be a possibility. But this year, it's almost a wash at this point. It's kind of hard to see him getting to be one of the top six teams, you know, in the East without playing better defense. So until they can correct those issues, they're going to be in the same boat. They're going to be the same song in the words of Digital Underground over and over again. So thank you, Jacob, for that question. I appreciate it. Once again, thank you guys for submitting them. Thanks for the interaction. I really appreciate you guys being a part of not only the podcast, but mailbags too in general. So thank you very much. Now, time to bring you my convo I had leading into the Hornets game with the Hawks on Friday. I spoke with Bryce McGowan's, the rookie guard slash forward who's been playing meaningful minutes the last couple of weeks here with all the injuries and got his take on just not only just how beneficial this time when the court has been for him, but just general stuff about just how it has felt to be able to play amongst family and friends. We talked about the South Cat connection with Ja Morant, with Zion Williamson, and even Nick Claxton of the Brooklyn Nets, and how much Bryce and Nick are kind of cool. Um, so it was interesting to kind of hear a lot of his insight. And I want to bring you guys that conversation, and here it is right now. I'm joined by Bryce McGowan this week. Thanks for joining me, Bryce. Appreciate it, man. First, just tell me, man, as a guy from this region, I mean, what's it like playing for the Hornets, man? Has it set in yet for you? Is it still a dream? What's it like? Uh, I would say it's like still kind of lingering. Um, you know, uh, I feel like every day it's always something that, like, I would say, like, like comes to me mm-hmm. and, like, like, just calms me down for, like, a period of time where I just think about it and, you know, just realize how much a blessing it is to, First of all, be playing in the NBA, and uh, second of all, just being close to home. Mm-hmm. And you know, with that being close to home, you know, just having family, friends, uh, being able to be here, um, you know, showing support. You know, in college, I was all the way in Nebraska, so uh, you know, I didn't have family and friends to always be there, you know, show support. Mm-hmm. So you know, just being here and in Charlotte, I would say, you know, my, I would say, home team for sure. Uh, you know, it's just a blessing, uh, you know, just being able to have close family and friends that come see me play. Yeah, when you mentioned your roots, you know, South CAC, man, what was it like growing up down there? And how do you feel growing up where you grew up in that region kind of helped get you where you are right now? Yeah, I would say, like, from a young age, you know, I grew up around a lot of hoops. Uh, Mom and dad both playing basketball um, at a high level. So, um, you know, them both being coaches. So, you know, you can already imagine, <laughs> you know, they're they going to try and get everything out of me. So, uh, you know, just just um, having them as my parents, you know, it's, it's, I'm beyond grateful because, you know, a lot of people don't you know, necessarily have that background, I say, and, you know, both parents in their life. So uh, never take anything for granted with me. And, you know, just growing up in South Carolina, you know, South Carolina, everybody's together. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't no beef between athletes, between, you know, people and stuff like that. Because, you know, I feel like a lot of stuff, South Carolina people get counted out, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, out, of, out of a lot of things. So, you know, uh, as you can see, we've been making the rise, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, starting with, you know, having Zion and, and Ja in, this, in the new age, um, you know, 
and Nick Claxton, you know, us looking, me personally looking up to Nick, you know, us going to the same high school uh, and, you know, him, him being my big bro. So I would say me and him, you know, we've just been locked in. Uh, and he actually gave me his jersey. Oh, really? Uh, after the game that we played in Brooklyn. So what was that like? Uh, it was it was amazing, you know, just having – we've been knowing each other for a minute and just, you know, from the crib to the big leagues, is uh, it's a blessing, you know, from, from where we're from. So uh, both come from great uh, family, so it was amazing. I was going to ask, you've been in a pro, I guess, about six months or so now, man. What's been the most exciting moment for you? Um, is there anyone you could pick out and say that sticks out to me more? Most of it is just, just so many memories you're creating, man, it's hard to pick one. Man, I would just say preparation. Uh I would say that's that's the most fun thing, uh, you know. That's that's when you realize this is a it's like a job, and you know this this what you're here for. Mm -hmm. So just you know whether that's coming in, walk through, or you know getting your body uh, worked on, and you know uh, just staying locked in and uh, competing, and you know uh, it's a job. So uh, I would say just the preparation part uh, for the for the games and whatever it is. I would say that's the I would say that's the, the most like exciting part now what's it been like being a rookie in not only the nba but just in charlotte as you mentioned it's just the guys here seem like they kind of gravitate towards you man mm -hmm. just even though you're a rookie does it feel that way like do they do they treat you like a rookie they make you do pranks or bring, bring donuts like how does that work is, is it a little bit both fun and, and cool how would you describe it yeah uh, i would say you know i have rookie you know i have my rookie duties <laughs> here and there you know after the game turn the showers on if they need something, I got to go do it. They hungry, I got to go do it. So, uh, well, Martin usually brings us the food stuff. But I usually do, like, the showers and, you know, all that extra curriculum, you know, activity <laughs> for sure. So, um, but, um, you know, being me, I'm, I don't really be talking for real. So, it's like uh, I I kind of be in my, like, own main mm -hmm. own world. I don't really talk too much. But, you know, at the same time, just embracing the opportunity to be around, like, guys that you've been watching on TV since you were younger, uh, and, you know, um, just, you know, seeing them all over social media, the TV, uh, just be able to, you know, know them personally and be around the guys, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. When you look at your time in Greensboro, like how did that help benefit you to be able to do what you were doing when you were getting meaningful minutes out there yeah. in the rotation? You know, here in, Greens in Greensboro and here in Charlotte, uh, you know, we, we run the same uh, basically the same stuff, a lot of the same stuff, and defensively we got the same things. Uh, so just trying to like defensively, um, just staying locked in and uh, everything we go through. Just trying, uh, well, we, I do it in Greensboro. You know, just make sure I do it in Greensboro. So when I get over to Charlotte, there there won't be like any problems or you know I got all the technique down. It's just about you feel me. I would say. Uh, doing it consistently. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then, you know, offensively, I was, it's definitely two different roles. Um, you know, Greensboro being, you know, Legion score or whatever it is. And then uh, coming here and, you know, having to play a role, uh, I would say um, that, that also, like the two roles, it, it, it helped me. Like it helps me, you know what I'm saying? Like just being able to play uh, without the ball and, and move um, and just bring energy in other ways of the game. Uh, you know. I embrace it for sure. Coach, you mentioned defense too. You mentioned defense. Coach mentioned defense. How are you guys as a team um, going to be able to improve your defense the way you want to out there going throughout the season? Yeah, I would st uh, probably say it starts individually. You know, you know, wanting to play defense because uh, you know one person make a mistake, 
you're going to have to scramble and you feel me? So it all looks bad. So I would say uh, start individually locking in on your own defense and, you know, bringing it to the team and all the energy and just communication. Uh, I feel like as a team, we got to start doing that for sure. When you look at your playing times um, so far, obviously it's kind of been in that lineup depending on who's injured and whatnot. But how much have you just enjoyed to get your feet wet, per se, because some players only have a chance to even get, get that playing time out there or maybe playing garbage minutes, but you're playing meaningful minutes. Like, what about that? How much do you do you embrace that and just are happy about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time I'm on the floor, you know, it, it just – I mean, not a lot of, I would say a lot of rookies, like, not playing for real. And, you know, me just being able to be on the floor, I don't take it for granted. You know, I try to make the most out of every opportunity, uh, make everything a learning lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after the game, you know, I'm hard on myself. So uh, just try to make everything a learning, a lesson learning experience. So, um, yeah, it's just, I'm just blessed, you know, to be able to be on the floor uh, this early in my journey, in my long journey, I've, uh, God willing. So uh, it's a blessing. And just last thing is tell me, um, what do you want to accomplish most your rookie season? Obviously, team goals, you want playoffs and stuff like that. But individually, what do you hope to accomplish so that way, go into year two, you're even a better player? Yeah, so recently I've you know, tried to be in the weight room uh, as much as possible. Uh, so year two I'll be have cause, you know, a great body frame to be able to you know, take hits, take bumps, and you know, run through screens mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. and you know just continue to uh get reps and you know work work with coaches on my jump shot so a uh, consistent jump shot and defense you know that that can take you a long way in the yes, league sir. so uh, me just trying to do that and tighten up my ball handling just staying on top of my individual game as well as uh the technique uh things on defense um you know i feel like that that's definitely gonna help me a lot you all took a good start so far, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, man. Give me some time. Appreciate it, Bryce. Yes, sir. Thank Bryce you. Bryce My God, appreciate it. Yes, sir. yes, sir. Hope you guys enjoyed my chat with Bryce. As you can see, he's a soft-spoken but very, very bright individual, especially when it comes to um, basketball IQ. And you can see the Hornets have a definite find, the second-round pick in Bryce McGowan. So thanks, Bryce, for joining me. Appreciate that. Hope you guys had a great um, listen with him, giving you some details about his inner workings and where his hat is at as he's been able to get on the court recently. So um, thanks to Bryce and thanks to you guys for listening in. All right. So now as we look ahead, we talked about the Hornets finishing up the little mini two-game homestand with a game against division rival Hawks, who, of course, the Hornets beat in the third game of the season on the road in Atlanta without half of their team. Um, Lamelo was out. Terry Rozier was out. Obviously, Cody Martin was out. So the Hornets were really banged up. Didn't have a lot of their players, yet they were still able to go out there, beat the Hawks. So you know the Hawks are going to be looking for revenge in that game, even if they are a little bit discombobulated themselves. So, But the thing is, that's an important game for the Hornets because after that, they hit the road for essentially almost about two weeks for a six-game road trip that has a couple of back-to-backs um, that begins with them playing in Denver on Sunday before heading to Sacramento on Monday. As we know, Denver's a hard place to play, very difficult for the opposition. The Hornets don't do well there. 
Then Sacramento is a team that blew the doors off the Hornets on Halloween night in Charlotte. So start off there with those two games. Then you get a day off before you take on the Clippers in L.A. Another day off before you take on the Lakers in L.A. And then after Christmas, oh, by the way, you're playing a Portland Golden State back-to-back. So it's going to be a really, really rough road here for the Hornets. This could be a defining stretch for their season because you don't want to come out of this 0-6. If you're 0-6, that means you're nearly 20 games below 500, if not already there. When you're 20 games below 500, the season is done. So the Hornets have a really difficult proposition ahead of them right now. It's going to be tough to get, to me, more than two of these games on the road and pull them out. At best, I can see them going maybe one in five. Owen six is a definite possibility. So, I mean, we'll see how it all shakes out. But, man, it's going to be a rough road here for the Hornets coming up. And if they can't get at least, at least two wins, they're going to come home looking toward the new year. And, man, is it going to be a last, a tough last couple of months in Charlotte if the Hornets can't find some kind of rhythm here over the holidays. We'll see if they can get it done, but what they've shown you so far this season, it leaves very little hope if you're a Hornets fan that they're going to be able to get it done the way you want them to. So we'll see. This week's random stat centers around the offensive rating of the Hornets. We've spoken about defense a lot during the pod today, but their offense has been pretty bad too. The offensive rating, which for those who don't know, is how many points they will score per 100 possessions. That offensive rating is 108.3 heading into the weekend action against the Hawks. That ranks dead last in the league. Repeat, offensive rating of 108.3, which means the Hornets are scoring about 108.3 points per 100 possessions. That is not good at all, folks. So it's very, very little to get excited about with the Hornets right now, looking at just the way they've been anemic on both sides of the ball. And you would think that on offense, it wouldn't have been as bad. But when you see they're ranked 30th in offensive rating, that tells you all you need to know about how things are going for the Hornets this season. Well, so there you have it. Many, many thanks to my guest, Bryce McGowans. And thank you so much for joining me for the latest episode of QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for a special offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says, support my work with a digital subscription. All right. 
Till next time, we out. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the QC Hornet Fan.